May I record our conversation? Yeah, I would expect you to as a professional. Oh, well, I- I'm actually not hmm. a professional journalist. Ah, uh, I asked for milk with my coffee, and then uh, she-, she said it doesn't come with milk, and I asked, oh, could you just put a little bit in there, and then she put too much. So you mentioned that you grew up in America. Uh, well, I was, I was born in Central Asia, uh, but, and then I grew up in New York City. I moved to France in my early 20s, and I met my wife there. She's a Jewish girl from Odessa. We started going to Ukraine, and uh, I started reporting, and then, you know, tablet. You read tablet, right? Tablet? Yeah. No. America's main Jewish magazine? I don't. You don't read it? I don't. You never heard of it? I haven't. Okay. You're being honest. I expect nothing less. Okay. Uh, (whistles) May I have another, please? It says, or too much milk. This is a nice cafe. You know, I always come here. Um, I work on Ukrainian-Jewish relations, which I'm very committed to. Uh, So, the last time that we met, you mentioned that you were strongly opposed to Jews moving back to Israel. Can you explain? Um, I think that Ukrainian Jews should build Ukraine. Uh, If someone wants to live in Israel, they're a Zionist. It is part of their identity. Thank you. So have you been to Israel? Yeah. All right, so you know. Israel is a perfectly nice place. It requires a commitment to culture and politics and one's own views. If you want to be a Zionist, move there. Live there. If you want to live in Ukraine, live here. Build the country. I mean, historically. Jews have lived here for thousands of years. My family has lived here for centuries and centuries. I don't think we need to go anywhere. Why should we? People who tell me to go somewhere else are are typically anti-Semites. Like, like you, you should move to America. There's no future in Ukraine. Move to Israel. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I think everyone should live where they want to if they have the right and citizenship. I mean, I don't mean, I don't think everyone should live where they want to, because, I mean, there's billions and billions of us, and not everyone can live in France like I can. I just don't like when people telling me to immigrate. Do you want them to immigrate? The interviews that I've been gathering are from people immigrating due to dire health conditions or refugees or or, or because they feel unsafe. It's not really about... Anti-Semitism? There is no structural anti-Semitism. I mean, of course, there is some. It's Eastern Europe, after all. But put into that context and... You know, it's, it's much less than, like, uh, Serbia or Russia. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. I, I thought that was a friend of mine, a movie star friend of mine. So, uh, what is your story going to be about? You're writing it right now. What do you think should be in it? 2015. Um, May Day. The one-year anniversary of my dying. So, in Odessa... Someone came and drew a swastika on the synagogue. And an ultra-nationalist with his crew-cut, buzz-cut, neo-Nazi kids, and they guarded the synagogue. 
and their leader, along with the rabbi, painted the walls of the synagogue just to prove that this wasn't done by Ukrainian nationalists. I think that's, that's really interesting. So, with your research, what is your normative conclusion? Uh, I'm, I'm not here for conclusions. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you must have some. No, I'm, I'm really not here for conclusions. I'm here because oh, I... Oh, sorry. What? Let me get my cookie. They, they forgot to give me my cookies off. It's fine. Hey, and you know, you can Google me. I, you know, I'm pretty famous. Okay, the recorder's on. Can you tell me a story? My house was destroyed. The people hear my story. Since I'm leaving soon, I convinced Victor to let me go to the mountains. A friend from Giev's dad is the priest of a Hutzel village called Kriver, called Kriverivnia. Kriverivnia. <laughs> I never say it right. Uh, Elena and I are taking the train tomorrow from Lvov to Ivano-Frankivsk, and then we have to take a bus to the village in the mountains. I love taking the train because they have snacks that I can buy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm just naming things. on the phone when I was telling them all the things that Victor told me about anti-Semitism in Ukraine and they were shocked like they didn't know anti-Semitism existed at all like still after the Holocaust oh well it still exists in the U.S. well no it's different because in the U.S. it's like you know, it's, um, it's like it's like sneaky well it's sneaky here as well say this bus would be? Well, he's not answering his phone. I thought he was meeting us here. We walked around uh, looking for the bus Krivnia? for hours, but uh, nobody okay, said they no. were going to Krivnia. Finally, we found the bus packed to the brim with people.
long will we be on this bus? It should only be an hour, so. No. It is the last stop. Top of mountain. Oh, no. Thank you. I hope I never again take a bus up a mountain in a snowstorm. Are you filming me? Say it again. Okay. No more buses. <laughs> no more night trains. I will not live like a scrub any longer. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a scrub, but not a complete scrub. <laughs> my salad is wet and my noodles are frozen. <laughs> Everyone on this bus is sick. <laughs> and Olena has fits of hysteria. And Olena is happy because I'm crazy. Okay, how long are you going to film me for? <laughs> it's not fun when you talk to the camera. It's just fun to film you and you do it spontaneously. I'm hoping if you just film me for the next hour, I'll be funny spontaneously. Yes. That was the best monologue ever about being a scrub. <laughs> I will not be a scrub anymore. I will shower. I will wash my clothes. I will sleep in a bed. I will eat. Real food. <laughs> we finally got to the top. It was pitch black night and the snow was up to my kneecaps. The bus dropped us off at a wooden Orthodox church. We hiked up another small hill to get to the door. Where have you taken me? Where are all the people? I don't know. Pablo isn't answering me. Finally, simultaneously sweating and frozen, we got to the door. It was open. We walked in, looking like lost scrubs, and... <gasps> it's a service. sure how long the service lasted, but it felt very long. It was like interval training, standing, kneeling, laying. I kept wanting to stop, but then next to me was a woman who was maybe a hundred years old doing it without any hesitation. It was an unheated wooden building at the top of a mountain, but everyone was so focused on their prayers, it's like they didn't notice. It was like stepping into another world. No one around us, and suddenly, there I am, praying at a Ukrainian Orthodox service, and I felt really peaceful. The church was covered in golden statues and beautiful rugs and icons and symbols that I didn't understand. The priest was a bear of a man in a long black robe with a huge cross necklace and a rope belt, and he had long wavy gray hair and big eyes. When the service ended, he found us and he gave me the warmest hug I have ever gotten. The priest's English was minimal, so instead of talking, he would just randomly grab my head and hug it to let me know that I am welcome here on the Mount of Transfiguration. I told him I was in Ukraine doing research on Jewish immigration. 
Glenn and I are sharing a pull-out twin bed in the home of this sweet little woman who also speaks very little English and communicates by squeezing my head. I'm sure that Elena and I aren't sleeping because we're basically laying on top of each other. And the whole town feels like they snapped to attention when they found out they had visitors. We went from no plan to a packed agenda of activities. And all the activities involved hiking up a mountain. Oh my. I'm hot. I can't believe I'm hot. How much further to Shevchenko's house? We're close. <clears throat> How close? My friend Pablo did show up and show us around. He took us to see Shevchenko's summer home and he let me play a trombita, which is a horn made out of wood that's way taller than me, so I have to arch backwards to hold it up and blow into it. Elena is a true city girl, so this is kind of blowing her mind. What do people do here? What is there to do? She was resisting the whole mountain experience at first. You are turning me into a... What do you call it? A scrub. I'm wearing my green pants and you have my green jacket, so I'm wearing tan, which I do not like. Color makes me happy. I change outfits multiple times depending on my mood. Today is a green day and I wear tan because you wear green. I want to go back to Kiev. But now I think she's embracing it. <sighs> it's beautiful here. I've never breathed air like this. The priest is right. I am transfigured. I'm calm and happy and peaceful here. Do you want to stay here? No. I know he said there are no Jews in Krivarivnia, but I couldn't help but look around and keep thinking, well, that looks like a menorah, or that sounds like klezmer music, or that looks like a Shabbat tablecloth. And Pablo told me that he, he always noticed that they look really similar. I kept trying to ask people, but I mostly got the same answer. There just aren't really any Jews in Krivarivnia, but I couldn't let it go. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, pardon my English. Uh, I'm just going to jump right in, okay? Uh, okay. Okay. So, I've read other interviews with you, and I know that you are of Jewish and Ukrainian descent, and that your grandmother participated in Hutzel culture, but you live in France now. So, what was the reason that you and your family immigrated? I, I was born in a Ukrainian... Jewish family. On my mother's side, my grandfather emigrated from a little town in Belarus, and my grandmother was from Lithuania. They, they both arrived in France in the late 1920s. On my father's side, my grandparents were from Ukraine. My grandfather was from Tarnopol, and my grandmother was from the Car Carpathian Mountains. They came to uh, France to flee from anti-Semitism and because they were looking for a job. In Krivnia, there's a group of people, a culture called the Hutzels. And he is a scholar who wrote a book about the intersection of Jewish and Hutzel culture, specifically in folktales. It was, it, it was important for me to show the intersections between the two cultures because I was trying to bridge the gap between my father and my mother's families. Outside of my personal case, 
I wanted to show that there was something more than anti-Semitism and hate, but also common words, dishes, a certain way of seeing things. I experienced this link within my family, and I wanted to trace back the roots of this link between Ukrainian Hutsuls and Jews. I read an interview with him about these two folk characters, Baal Shem Tov and Alexa Dovbush, so I reached out to him for more information. Dovbush, or, or Dobush, is a Hutsulian shepherd who steals money from rich people to give it to poor people. He is an Hutsulian Robin Hood. Baal Shem Tov is the founding father of the Hasidic Jewish movement. He seeks the communion with God in nature. These two characters represent the faces of the world. And Dovbush symbolizes physical strength. Baal Shem Tov symbolizes the spiritual strength and wisdom. In Jewish tales, they complement each other. Uh, for instance, Dovbush showed Baal Shem Tov how to go to Jerusalem. Baal Shem Tov is from Jewish stories, and Dovbush is a Hutzel folklore legend. Dovbush was kind of a magnificent savage who was praised for fighting the Polish aggressors, and Baal Shem Tov was a spiritual guide. But the two characters have these kind of crossover episodes where they come together. For example, so Dovbush <laughs> decides to help Baal Shem Tov dig a tunnel from Ukraine to Jerusalem because Dovbush knows that's Baal Shem Tov's dream. On their way there, there's an invisible magical force that stops them and says that they cannot go to Jerusalem because there's no place for them yet. It's not the right time for Baal Shem Tov to be there. Jerusalem isn't ready for Baal Shem Tov yet, or, or Baal Shem Tov wasn't ready for Jerusalem. It, it is always easier to see the world in white and black. Nice Jews on one side, bad Ukrainian on the other side. It is easier for people to forget the links between them and the complexity of their relations. So these characters showing up in each other's folktales, that shows the, the two cultures that coexisted. They were linked. They had holidays together, shopped in the same markets. They had a rich culture as a result of Jewish and Ukrainian people coming together. In the Carpathian Mountains in Kyrgyzhnia, everyone that I talked to said that there are no Jews currently living in Kyrgyzhnia. And we know that this used to be a place where Jewish and Hutzel people lived together. What happened? Can, can Jews and Ukrainians restore their relationship and coexistence? Almost two million people were killed in the Shoah. You can't restore it. What existed before will never exist again. Uh, you cannot restore what has been destroyed. But still, there's so many Jewish people of Ukrainian descent who are nostalgic for Ukraine. They travel back, they write stories and music and, and books. Is this the traditional immigration experience? Or is there something really extra special about a connection to Ukraine? Yes. Yes. 
there is something extra special about Jewish immigration from Ukraine and Belarus. An Italian man who leaves Italia, for example, can dream and think about coming back in Italy. The world which Jewish writers left before the Shoah ended with the Shoah. There is no possibility of coming back, it's only tales. There is something in the air the Carpathian Mountains. It must be very powerful because, like you, multiple people are making journeys back to these mountains, back to Ukraine. Jewish families who were... I belong to a generation of people who look for their roots. That's true. Anti-Semitism scattered people. Oh, my, my parents, they didn't want to talk about, uh, about that. They want to forget. But you can't live with a big gap in your history. You have to do something with this gap. And so, I write a book. And there is no going back to before now. The link is interrupted. It cannot be restored. 